Well, guys, it is finally here. We have talked about this, what seems like for months and months and months and years and years and years, but we are finally doing it. The No Season 2 podcast. I'm your good friend, George Gordon. I'm here with my good friend, Megan Karen. We're doing my so-called live. It's an exciting. Um, we're going to start with the pilot. So, Megan, are you down to talk about the pilot for my so-called live? I am so down to get started on this. As we rewatch some of uh, some of the best and some of the worst TV shows, that only lasted one season, or watch for the first time, or watch for the first time. So when I when I brought this up to my friends uh, during the early parts of the pandemic, so like three years ago, I thought it would be kind of a fun idea to rewatch some of the some of the shows that only lasted one season. I was really really high when I brought this up, so it wasn't like something I just thought of. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, I'm pretty soon. Let's talk about this. <laughs> and the TV show that we that I initially wanted to talk about. A show from my youth, My So-Called Life, a TV show that premiered in August of 1994, canceled in January of 1995, officially canceled in May. But before I get into like My So-Called Life, Megan, I want to ask you, in what was going on in your life in 1994? Were you a fan of the show? Did you watch the show in real time? What was going on in my life in 1994? I was, I was nine years old. So <laughs> okay. If I was, I don't remember watching the show as it was happening. It might have been like a little inappropriate for a nine-year-old and my mom was kind of a little bit monitoring the television and what we were watching. Um, I do remember watching reruns on MTV. So a little bit later in middle school mm -hmm. and really kind of like vibing with the show a little bit with the outfits and very big into like flannel. So <laughs> that's where I was um, in my life at that period of time. Just flannel everywhere. <laughs> I, I can respect that. So for me in 1984, I am a junior in high school. So this is one of the few times in which a TV show that was actually geared to me was actually played by people who were either my age or just slightly older. That's kind of the weird thing about 90210 was uh, <laughs> the characters on the show were around my age, but they're being played by somebody who was almost yeah. 30. So. <laughs> it's weird to see yeah. like uh, a 17-year-old with a lot of forehead wrinkles like, like Dylan exactly. McKay, but... We loved, exactly. we loved it anyway. He, Great show. He had sideburns for days yeah. as, a, as a sophomore <laughs> in high school, which didn't make any sense. So the, a little, little for our audience who's like, who have never heard of My So-Called Life or a little bit about it. So I'm going to give you like a little rundown about the show before we get into the episode, the pilot episode. Uh, like I said, My So-Called Life premiered in August of 1994. It is set in the fictional Liberty High School, which is a Pittsburgh, PA suburb. I thought that, I thought that show took place in, in Chicago, but it's actually Pittsburgh. They actually got the cast like two all-timers on the show, whether it's Claire Danes at the time was 16 years old when making the show. Uh, she went on to win like four Emmys for post My So-Called Life career. It's kind of a big deal in TV and in film. And Jared Leto, who was 23 at the time, who just a few years ago won an Oscar for a movie I didn't see. Um, uh, Same. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big Jared Leto guy. and I, We'll get into that at some point. Same. I'm, like, I'm always like, this guy is fucking annoying. Uh, right there with you. Yeah, George. it's like yeah, the show is created by <laughs> Winnie Holzman, Edward Zwick, and uh, I cannot read my handwriting there. It's Winnie Holzman, Edward Zwick, Marshall Herskovitz is the third fella. And uh, they created the show or worked on the show 30 something, a TV show we will not be rewatching. Because it had multiple seasons. I actually looked that up last yeah, night. Yeah, 30 something. <laughs> I think 30 something had four, but it was also, it seemed very white. Well, so I think my so-called life was a little, a little white. <laughs> but they they got a they got a great character. A character we'll get into or something. 
Yes. We'll get into at some point, especially with the episode we get into about him. Um, uh, another character is Enrique Vasquez. Ricky Vasquez, played by Wilson Cruz, who was 21 at the time when the when the show aired. And he went on to do some, some smaller parts, but he's like a character on Star Trek uh, Discovery. So shout out to Wilson Cruz, still at it 20-something years, almost 30 years later. So um, uh, the show was canceled, officially canceled in May of 1995. Little is known about why it seems why it was canceled, but it seems to be that Claire Danes wanted to finish high school and wanted to be like a regular mm. high school student as compared to the other cast members who were in their 20s, whether it was um, Jerry Leto or Wilson Cruz who were like in their mid, early 20s. She wanted to be a high I school student. Know that. Yeah, she was, they, were, they were 21, 23 respectively. She was 16. And she wanted Props to, be a, to her for, for wanting to finish high school. Yeah, I know, right? Because most of the I mean, she could have gone a totally different direction. She could have. She wanted, she wanted to go to high school and she wanted to go to college. She ended up going to Yale. But uh, that was kind of the TV show was like, was was fun, but it was like of a time. And and uh, that time went on. Winnie Holzman, who was like the main creator of the show, was was was, was really hell-bent about doing a season two, but lost a lot of steam when Claire Danes officially didn't want to do it. So so in a way, the, the show ended just like... Uh, I guess like adolescence, it's just like uh, abruptly. It just <laughs> snap. It's over. So, Megan, why don't you give us a synopsis of the pilot, which we both watched here recently? Yes, which we both watched twice. We both watched twice, uh, <laughs> and watched me fumble my way through giving a synopsis of a forty-five minute show. It starts off a little bit out of the blue, in my opinion, with her and Rayanne Graff, where it looks like they're being filmed, but it's really just kind of like they're on the street joking around begging for money, I guess, <laughs> to get back to school, maybe. That was weird, right? Um, yes. <laughs> so we get a little bit of an introduction to that that friendship, which is relatively new. We don't really get any background as to how or why they started hanging out. Maybe that's later. Maybe it's not. You see a little bit of a dissolution between old friendship with Sharon. Is it Sharon? It is Sharon. Shannon? It is Sharon. Sharon. <laughs> so um, Angela chases. Uh, friend from probably elementary school growing up together you see that friendship sort of in the first episode already start to fall apart they get right to it we're obviously introduced to jordan catalano the crush for some reason uh uh angela chase a lot of he's wearing a lot of chokers a lot of necklaces it was the 90s so Mm -hmm. i guess it's appropriate for the time um we're also obviously introduced to ricky the bisexual character which I think was kind of interesting for the time like I don't think I had watched a show like in 1994 that had sort of like a character like that um and obviously we're introduced to her family her mom her dad which I I cannot stand the dad already uh we'll get into that I think um and her little sister so I think it is really like a introduction to all the characters um did I miss anything? No, I mean, like, of course, the story beats of uh, what happens in the in the pod, whether it's um, Angela quitting yearbook, which yeah, yes. which is which I guess is a big deal. Angela's synopsis of uh, the Diary of Anne Frank, which I guess oh, right. which I guess is kind of a interesting take. I don't think anybody yeah, before yes. or after has had that take. No, when the teacher asked, uh, "How do you think Angela or how do you think uh, Anne Frank felt?" and she said, "Lucky." Yes, that was, I think my note was big yikes yeah, it was, for that. It was cringe. <laughs> it was really awkward Yeah, because it was at a point when Jordan, the twice held back sophomore, so like a 17-year-old 
sophomore saunters into this English class late. And she's like, well, I think he was, she was lucky because she was trapped in a, in an attic with her crush for three years. And I'm, that's not, she probably would have rather been doing something yeah, else. Spoiler I think. Alert, that's kind of not how it ends, but whatever. Yes. <laughs> yes. They don't sail up into the sunset in the, uh. No, they do not. Um, um oh, I, I guess I forgot. There is multiple parties. Well, one party and a, a club outside of a club mm-hmm. scene. Both don't end that well for Angela. Yes, I mean, but the uh, the first the first party, I guess, at Tino's, uh, a character <laughs> that we're going to be talking about Tino, Tino's whereabouts, what Tino looks like, who is Tino? Who is Tino for from the duration of the season and every episode? Because the running gag in, on the show is uh, Tino. You never Rayanne's Rayanne's friend. You never see. So we never we never get to see Tino, which is kind of interesting. I did have a note that said, "Who the fuck is Tino?" Uh, I actually have the same note. Uh, my <laughs> note just says, "Where is Tino?" with four exclamation <laughs> points. So I guess at that party, she she falls in the mud or is pushed and accidentally pushed and falls in the mud, goes into the house to try and find a bathroom to clean up. But lo and behold, Jordan Catalano is sitting there silently watching a muted TV that's playing the Divinals music video. When I think about you, I touch myself. Yes. She sits down and he questions whether it's Friday or not. And she is like, oh, it's Thursday. He's like, how do you know that? Exactly. Because she wasn't held back twice. That's how she knows it, Jordan. Well, well let's circle back to the, 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 the fact that our, our heartthrob, Jordan Catalano, is dumber than shit. Um, <laughs> twice held back. Twice held back. If you're held back twice, wouldn't you just say, fuck it? And it's like, maybe this school is not for me. Or get your GED. Right. Maybe he was really, maybe he was really just wanting that diploma and he was going to push through, but it didn't really seem like he was interested at all. Yeah, he shows up to class late. The teacher doesn't say anything to him. No, which is weird. It's like, hey, George. Because I feel like when I went to high school, peop- the teacher would say say something for any minor yeah, infraction no, they're, happening. They're, they're fully in the class talking about the diary of Anne Frank. Jordan rolls in, sits down, doesn't say where he's been, has eye drops. Is that what he does? Yeah, he, he does use a lot of eye drops because he uses them like when she sees him in the, the hallway in the beginning. And it's like, are his does he have a medical issue that requires eye drops, or maybe he's just, is he just high all the time? Yeah, I don't know, but <laughs> that's probably that's probably it. That's one of my notes. One of the many notes that I had from the pilot was like, maybe this, maybe school is not for Jordan. Maybe he's, his thing. Maybe he should model. He's a handsome fella. He can go be in a Gucci. He can go be in a commercial. Gucci ad. It was like somewhere, some it was like those Calvin Klein ads were happening at the same time in the nineties. Yeah, the ones that are basically like kids, like the movie Kids. Yeah. Yes. That could have been Jordan Catalano. He has a middle part. He's wearing jewelry. Yeah. A, he's wearing a thermal over another long sleeve t-shirt. Baggy so. jeans. Yeah. No, he could have been the it guy. Yeah. And it would have been fine. But high school is definitely not his thing. No, it really it really wasn't. I don't remember sophomore year being that dip. Well, was he held back in his sophomore year twice? Or was it like a different grade that he was held back in well, the- twice? Because it's a lot different if he's held back there's definitely a section like <laughs> unanswerable questions because i feel like i have yes. no idea how old this kid is supposed to be <laughs> at some point you're an adult yes wouldn't he be 20 shouldn't years be old? in a classroom with children exactly <laughs> especially if you're gonna be showing up late doing drugs yeah <laughs> he pulls out a course light just slamming it back during during english class 
So, of course, there's some parts of the TV show that actually feels like the 90s, where it's the fashion, which is actually odd enough circling back. The part that sticks out to me that really felt like the 90s was that band that was playing. Uh, shout yeah. out to Animal Bag, the band, and their song, mm. Everybody. Um, uh, was that a real band? I think I was the real band because I, I actually oh. was watching the show and I shazammed it. Was like this okay <laughs> i didn't bother doing that i was like oh this is like a they wanted like a faith no more type yeah and they they did this exactly it's like uh faith no more we're busy get bag. <laughs> they we, like we send everybody to animal bag when we're busy exactly <laughs> i i'm i'm so as somebody who's gone to high school or, or was in high school you have your high school 20 year uh reunion shout out to to megan for that <laughs> I did you ever go to a high school party that was that crazy? No, like when I watch like teen shows, because I, I mean, I watch 90210, they have like a similar thing where there's like a band playing like outside. A lot of like teen shows do that. Like that wasn't something that like happened when I was in high school. Maybe it's because like my town was so small. Mm-hmm. Like where were they going to do that? Or maybe it was happening and I just wasn't invited. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Um, I was. It was more like people were going river boating and drinking kind of situation. They were like in somebody's backyard when their parents are gone with like flying out a band, flying out a band to perform. No, that was, that was wild. Especially like, like I wasn't popular in high school, but I was like popular adjacent, mm-hmm. which means like my friends were quite popular. So I actually kind of, I went, some of the you were a parts, hanger on like, is what I you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, like a famous actor has got that one buddy that they had to bring with them. Maybe just yeah, because <laughs> they know that person yeah, is like exactly. is real and it's not using them for their money. I was turtle and entourage, basically. <laughs> As a reference for nobody. Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> a show that surprisingly lasted more. That than lasted one more than one season. <laughs> it's brutal, 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 brutal. We can't get two seasons of My So Called Life, but we can't get five seasons of Entourage, seven seasons of Entourage, <laughs> and a movie. Terrible, terrible, yeah. terrible. Anyway, I actually so I went to one party in high school. That was kind of crazy, but it wasn't a band playing, and it wasn't like somebody controlling the strobe light, like they were on mm, the episode yeah. of this TV show. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was like the one crazy part I remember, and I remember it being crazy because when the cops broke it up, parties never lasted very long when you're in high school. It's just kind of how it yeah. works. I'm from the suburbs, which is you see parents see a bunch of cars coming, like going in and out somewhere, or like they're calling the police. And I remember the crazy thing was, is like I was as I was running away from the. Uh, the party, this is probably like 95, 96, so like no cell phones. I get picked up by my buddy Paul, uh, and we we drove, and Paul had told me he saw Devin Anderson, this girl we went to high school with, throw up on a cop car. So I thought that was nice. like the craziest, the craziest party sequence <laughs> of all time. Shout out to Devin Anderson. I'm present on social media. You better listen to this podcast because I'm talking about it. <laughs> I mean, we did a lot of like traveling for high school if you were on like a like a sports team or a drama debate team kind of thing, you would go to a different town and like spend the night there. And I do remember there were like, there was one party, but it wasn't like a band playing. It was like people were drinking and like getting high and Mm -hmm. just kind of like sitting around. So it was much different, Right, (laughs) much different. All right. So finally, because we're still doing a bit of the synopsis, but we're doing tangents. And that's what this podcast is about. Just us having a time. (laughs) Yeah, we got really off track. (laughs) You mentioned like there's a second party or they go to like a bar and they say it in the show, but I didn't, I didn't catch it. Uh, but it's like a club in which Tino, yeah. the aforementioned Tino is supposed to get them in. So, uh, 
I can't remember the name of the club. Did I write it down? Probably I think it's not. Bad Light, Bad, Bad something. I definitely... Brian Krakow mentions it before he goes out. But uh, Yeah, I definitely did not write it down. It well, was not it important. Seems, <laughs> it seems like a race. So, Megan, once you land a plane here and tell us what happens at the, the end of the episode. Okay. Because I so, have several questions to ask about characters from that scene. So, they're, they're at this club, like, waiting, because Tino's supposed to get them in, but the impression I got is that Tino never shows, right? Mm-hmm. He's just like... That's the thing. He, he's passed out at his house, like forgotten that he's Probably. supposed to get these like teenagers into a club. So they're in the parking lot. Rayanne is drunk out of her mind. Um, it's Ricky and Angela and Rayanne. They bump into adult men, right? A very, very adult men. <laughs> they were yeah, adults. The, one of these guys has got a fucking beard. Yeah. <laughs> um, it starts off a little like, uh, what the fuck is your problem? Kind of kind of thing. The one the one guy, the blonde guy is a little more like, "Hey man, let's let's just get to our car." He's kind of like more of an adult in the situation, like realize it. But also, why are you hanging out with this loser? Yeah, like there's your friend better, sir. I'm hoping that they're cousins or some shit. They're like cuz like uh cuz then you kind of go was like my fucking cousin is being weird. <laughs> but like if your like, pal is like, "Let's just talk to these high school chicks." Yeah. Like, you'd be like, nah, dog, I yeah. think I'm going to go to a bar and find some women in college. Yeah. So, Rayanne asked them if they can get them into the club. She's like, oh, my friend's in there and he has my keys. They do ask how old they are, but it's pretty obvious that they're teenagers. <laughs> um, sir, it's obvious. When that doesn't really pan out, the one with the beard is like, you can come with us. And then Angela says something to Ricky that I kind of forget. And he's like, not three, just two. And then she's like, I'm not going without Ricky. And Angela and Rayanne's like, oh, Ricky won't mind. And Ricky was like, kind of de- dejected, like, oh, it's okay. He's it's like, not I don't okay. mind. I think what she says is like, I'm not leaving Ricky here, yeah. which is crazy because like there are new friends. Yeah. Beginning of the season, beginning of the episode, they're like, they're not pals yet. Now they're like, it's like, oh, now we're a trio. We're like, kick it. We 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 skip school. We 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 talk shit about people. We go to the bathroom. We wear each other's makeup and trade shoes. And she go leave. She go leave my man's at the club like that. Yeah. After Ricky's like, oh no, it's fine. Ricky probably was like, I just want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> this has been a horrible night. I don't care anymore. But then the one man with the beard grabs Rayanne and pushes her up against the car and mm-hmm. basically tries sexually assaulting. Her well is sexually yeah. assaulting her, yeah. grabbing, trying to get his hands in her underwear. She's trying Real to like and Louise moment. Yeah, sure. trying to fight him off. Angela runs at him and like kind of knocks him off of her. Mm-hmm. And then Rayanne is like falls to the ground. I was like, I could take care of myself. And yeah. Ricky's like, she won't remember this tomorrow. She blacks out when she drinks, which isn't a good sign, Rayanne. At no, all. No, no, you you get you get like one or two of those a year. And then the cops show up. And I don't think they arrest the adult men. No. No, <laughs> they don't. The cops are just like, go along. Do you know them? Like, go along your way. Which tracks, I guess, for police. Right. <laughs> there's, there's a major question I have that I want to ask you about that scene. But I want to talk about, we're going to skip to the end where the cops, he drops uh, Rayon Graff at home and she's, she's drunk. The crazy voiceover of uh, which we get into a little bit uh, in a second. Um, uh, the scene that stuck out that struck me as like 
was like, well, not only is this well written, but it's actually kind of interesting that they were they'd write something like this in 1994, 95. Yeah, the first episode. In the first episode, yeah. when she sees Brian Krakow and Brian Krakow asks what happened, and she goes, um, it's like, well, all these two guys, they 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 were they were and she he says like sexual harassment. Yeah, which was like, Did, shut up, Brian. Like, go away, what, like go back into your tree, like leave. Leave people alone, like sexual harassment. No, more like sexual assault, you idiot. Yeah, but what's crazy is what what she says to him, which I was like, I didn't catch. Yeah, she says, oh, like guys. Like guys. Which isn't a good good, endorsement of men here. (laughs) No, but I mean, like, uh, to have the the wherewithal to say it like that to a guy. Probably went over Brian's head. Yeah, this is this is not my so-called life didn't come out during the Me Too movement. It came no. out like uh, in, in the nineties. So that was one of the scenes that kind of struck me. I was like, oh, because the way she she goes, oh, like guys. I was like, wow. And it was just so, so out of the realm of possibility for Brian. He's just like for him, mm-hmm. to, for him to comprehend. He's like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go back up my like, tree. Which would, which also should have been he should have been arrested for that. Like, yes. hey pal, what are you doing like, up there? Like fuck, like fucking peeping Tom with his yeah, like exactly. with his flashlight and his book, probably taking notes on like the women of the neighborhood. Ugh, Brian, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. We're gonna get into who we're fans of, who we're not fans of when we when we uh, we in this podcast. One of the things are like, uh, so we talked about the bad. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that we thought were a little off, and this whether it was uh, the fact that Jordy Kellan had been, been held held back twice back for two years. <laughs> The the fact that um uh, there's like that was a party that that made no fucking sense yes. for the full band. Let's let's talk about the good. What were some of your favorite moments from this episode? One of my favorite moments probably is the conversation. I think probably one of your favorite moments too. The conversation between Sharon and Angela mm-hmm. in the bathroom. That's kind of like signaling this friendship has kind of gone separate separate ways. Um, I also think at the end. We kind of skipped a little bit where Angela sees her dad talking to a woman, like in the in the dark, like she's leaning on a car, he's talking to her. And after Angela sees that, she when she gets home, she like goes to her mom to like a kind of like apologize mm-hmm. for like everything, like dyeing her hair a red color that really wasn't that bad. Um yeah, actually I thought it looked and great. kind of like Yeah. <laughs> um I liked that moment because it felt kind of it felt kind of real to me where I mean, being a teenage girl, you don't really like get along with your parents like all the time. And you kind of, you say things that you don't really mean. And then you have a moment of like clarity where like, you know, I was kind of like an asshole and you, you feel bad. And I think Angela sees her mom in a different way after she sees her dad, like, I don't know, scamming on some woman at nighttime when he should be probably home with his wife because he lied about going to play pool with his brother. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, I agree with you that one of my favorite moments of the episode, of course, is the two girls talking in the bathroom, almost like kind of like a weird, like friend breakup. That's something that girls do that guys don't do. We don't do friend breakups. I had some of the same friends I've had (laughs) since the seventh grade. It's like, and had I gone to the same high school, same middle school and same elementary school that I had back then, I would have those friends as well. It's just, um, that's just, I guess, one of the things that, that makes, I guess, like growing up a teenage girl so much different because you actually have the people that you meet that you interact with are like there's the, the the relationships are real as yeah. compared to like me and my buddies who just played video games it's like oh you play video games Saturday? at the beginning 
at the beginning, Angela says something. She's like, the voiceover is like, boys have it so easy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, they really do. Like, I don't want to like generalize like boys have, teenage boys have their own problems that like, you know, probably get brushed under the rug. But historically, categorically, I would say teenage girls have it worse growing up than boys. We're sort of like raised to be in competition with each other, all vying for some like same loser boy that goes to like our high school. And I would say that that conversation with Sharon in the bathroom where Sharon is like, I just thought you would want to know what people are saying about you, which is like such like a catty teenage girl thing to do because it's not really what people are it's not really what people are saying about Angela. It's what Sharon thinks about Angela because she feels left behind. Girls at that age don't have the emotional maturity to handle a friend breakup in a tactful way because it's totally natural to grow apart from people or find people that you connect with as well. I'm not saying that's what's going on with Angela and Rayanne. There's, I think, ulterior motives a little bit. And like Angela wants to like feel cool. Doesn't really get that with Sharon. Because Sharon's dressing like a toddler mixed with like a 50-year-old like woman going to church. Right, it's very right. strange. There is a moment where she goes like, so did your mom like totally freak out like about your hair? Kind of trying to connect with her that way. But then also like taking a dig. Well, like, well, I thought it looks like shit. Yeah. Did, <laughs> too kind of thing. Did, did, it's like, do, they do a good job. It's very clear that, that the showrunner, uh, Winnie Halsman, is who is a woman. who uh, That seems like a, probably something from her life. Because I love every mm-hmm. beat of that scene. She doesn't say your mom. She did Patty, which is Patty. Yeah, right. which is like is like it shows you like their relationship goes further than just say like a couple of years. Like they know yeah. each other. And, and Patty, the, the mom, uh, Patricia Chase is like even says is like if I don't know her parents. And that, and that feels like... She's a straight... She's basically a stranger. Yes. I will say, like, Patty has, like, a bad feeling about Rayanne because Rayanne, like, ate all of her cheese. Like, this... And I'll be, I was like, you know what? I'd be pretty pressed if, like, someone ate <laughs> a whole block of the cheese of mine, too. So, it is a red flag. Let's be real here. It is. All right. So, one of the questions that I have in my notes, and uh, when we had lunch on Friday, I wasn't going to bring it up to you then, but I'm going to bring it up <laughs> to you now. The floor is yours. Okay. Is Rayanne Graff a good friend? This is a complicated question. Based on the pilot, I don't, just based on the pilot. Based on the pilot, I don't think she's a good friend. I think I think she's more selfish than like the average teenager. She seems like a chore to hang out with, like an honest to god chore. It's a it would be a lot of work to be her friend. I wouldn't necessarily want to hang out with her. Uh, I'll answer it. Uh, Rayanne Graff sucks. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was trying to, I guess I was trying to be nice about it's it. It's by the pod. So there's already, the red flags are, are, are huge. Are, yeah, they're everywhere. The, the drinking is one. The, the fact yes. that we're relying on this dude, Tino, who, uh, who was letting her down. It's probably like a 40 year old man. Oh, yeah, has let her down <laughs> on multiple occasions. Her willingness to leave Ricky behind. Yes. Such a uh, such an asshole move. It's implied that Ricky and her are friends before. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Ricky's probably spent... And to do that to your friend yeah. is, like, He's ha- not cool. Ricky's held her head back, like, while she's throwing yeah, up. Yeah, And then, of course, like, uh, my major, major red flag. The drinking is, I mean, whatever. The, the fact you're leaving Ricky behind is lame. Unforgivable. But the fact that you you just meet this girl is like, hey, you would be a lot cooler if we dyed your hair. It's like, bitch, you don't fucking know yeah. me. And now I gotta fucking do, <laughs> I gotta make a major change to my appearance so I can kick that it with Patty's you. That Patty's gonna hate. Yeah. No, 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 no. So as of right now, Rangraf is not my favorite. 
in that conversation in the bathroom, there's a mention of like, she's doing to you what she did to Jody Barsh. Yes. Let's let's get Jody in here. I want to hear what happened to Jody. Probably the same thing. But. I thought about Googling Jody when I was watching this morning. I was like, what, what, what did that? You want to be surprised. Like, I do want to be surprised. <laughs> I want to talk about the scene with Angela and her dad when Angela's in the towel and her dad is like so fucking freaked out about seeing his daughter in a towel. Like he's afraid he's going to be like sexually attracted to her. I'm not really sure what the B points. That was one of the scenes that I did not enjoy on the rewatch. It was so gross. (laughs) I have like a lot of like, I feel like notes on, on this. It was just really weird that he felt like he would be sexually attracted to his daughter by seeing her in a towel. Like he was scared to see her in a towel. Like it was beyond bizarre because he's like fumbling and he's like, she mentions Anne Frank and he's like, oh, Anne, is that a girl in your class? And can we like with the Anne Frank stuff, can we stop? Yeah, thank but you. Then he's, <laughs> but then he's in bed with his wife and he says, can you like tell her to like stop wearing the get a robe or like get a bigger towel? So weird to say to your your wife that would be a red flag for me as like a person married to him because this is your daughter you're talking about like when you look at you should not be phased by seeing your child in a towel like it should just be like whatever they just got out of the shower they're wearing a towel they're going to their room that should not like scare you as an adult man it was it was very odd it's very bizarre i I wasn't sure what it was trying to say with that scene was like i think they were trying to imply that she's like We used to be close, but then I think my boobs like got in the way. Like we're supposed to, I think, see her as more sexual, which is weird. And then like the dad is like, I don't want to see my daughter this way. But then it's like, I'm like attracted to her in a towel. I don't know. It just really grossed me out. And I don't like the dad. No, I mean, like it's. It's you're you're led to believe by the end of the episode that something is going, going on. on with with not with him and his daughter, not with him and his daughter, <laughs> listeners, not with, with him and his daughter, with him and his other woman. So I don't want to skip ahead because we are going to be watch, rewatching every episode of the podcast. But I do want to talk about this and have the show had done a second season. The dad, uh, Grant and Patty, have gotten divorced. That was one of the many subplots. Mm. Had there been a second Good. season, is that they they have Patty gotten be more. better off? And Patty Patty was uh, would have been a single single mom, and Grant would have been, I guess, a chef. Yeah, because it's one of the things that they I, that they mentioned the uh, the pod is like he was supposed to go to a culinary yeah, school. Yeah, he was he was supposed to go to. It's kind of implied that he was he had these dreams, and then he was he works for his wife's parents' company, but like she took over the company, and it's kind of implied that like she's not letting him right. do his dreams, kind of thing, which is like. There is a trope that was in that yes. <laughs> in, in movies and film from like the nineties, even on to like now. It is I call it the wet blanket spouse, yes. <laughs> the wet blanket girlfriend. He won't live by blah 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 blah. What are you watching? Like even like Breaking Bad, the other uh, wife and Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. I he, you're a drug dealer. Blah, 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 blah. He's like, yeah, he's a fucking drug dealer. Yeah, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> like she has a reason to be upset yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. But they do really kind of paint her as like because she even says like, why do I have to be the mean one? Right. Yeah. Can't you be the mean one? And even after this conversation, he completely ignores that conversation because Angela asked to like spend the night at Rayanne's house. And he's like, oh, that's cool. To his wife. He's like, oh, you never you're saying you never spent the night at your friend's house. It's like, dude, you just had a fucking conversation with your wife about this. You can't even have her back for like one second. No, no. He, he, like, so sorry that your dreams of being a chef didn't work out. But like be an adult. I can't. I'm- Megan, in this conversation <laughs> on this podcast, 
in episode one, you have convinced me that Grant sucks. <laughs> I hope I convince everyone that he sucks. Grant He's the sucks. worst. Like he sucks almost as much. Uh, he actually sucks more than Rayanne. Rayanne is a child. Yeah, so there's, exactly. there's potential for yeah. growth. There's we, we potential her, for change. We get her change. in rehab. She might be actually yeah. all right. But, uh, but no, like Graham is Graham's, the Graham worst. Sucks. Oh, I keep calling him Grant. It's Graham. Graham. It's like, who cares? Graham, Grant. Yeah, it's like yeah, he's yeah. a loser, whatever his name Yeah, is. Graham, Graham is, Graham is not my favorite. One of the things I wanted to ask you was like, what, this is something we're going to do each episode, like the hero of the episode, our favorite mm-hmm. character of this episode. And who was your hero in episode one? The hero episode one like, I know he didn't have a lot, but I think Ricky, in that moment when he tells Angela, Rayanne's not going to remember this, she blacks out when she's drinking. Like, he's kind of doing Angela a favor. <laughs> if Angela can't see the red flags for herself, like, Ricky's kind of, like, waving them in front of Angela. Whether or not Angela chooses to ignore them or not <laughs> is mm. up to her. But I think he's, he's like, subtly being, like, you know, this is how it's going to be, like, hanging out with yeah. her. Poor Ricky. I don't know if he has like other options for friends, but he should certainly try finding them because Rianne sucks. <laughs> so that's your hero. I'm going to go with a tie. Um, uh, I really, really love that scene in the bathroom. So Sharon is, mm. my, is my hero because uh, the fact that she was legitimately hurt that her best friend probably since like the third grade or since yeah. she was born is no longer like trying to kick it with her and has no reason why. She just wants to know why. And I kind of felt it's the just like you're not cool, thing. Sharon. Yeah. You're not cool, Sharon. Sorry. And I kind of felt that. And then the other one, and this is kind of a tie-in to Sharon. How about we give a shout-out to the yearbook teacher who had the exact <laughs> same reaction I would have had upon hearing that it's like Lucky was the answer to... Yeah, that's really inappropriate. Like, can't believe you're saying that. Right. And it's really bad when a classroom of teenagers who are also prone to saying inappropriate things are like kind of sitting there in stunned silence. Yeah. Well, I mean, the especially next... like the 90s when like anything goes. Right. But the next shot is a shot of Sharon's face and she just has just a look of disgust. Mm-hmm. She's like, what did she just say? Ugh. Yeah, so my 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 winner of uh, of uh, a hero of the show, the the first episode is a is a tie between Sharon, our English teacher slash yearbook teacher. I also love the in yearbook. She actually like, um, what you're not gonna give us a reason why? Yeah, <laughs> she does. You know, pull and after that Anne Frank incident, pulls Angela aside after class. Yeah. to like ask her if something's going wrong. She said like the teacher was like, "There's been a change in your appearance." It's like she dyed her hair. That's right, not right. like it's not like that big of a red flag to yeah. dye your hair. <laughs> There's also there's also the one thing that she says that I guess is like that'll be a part of schools and school systems from now at the end of time is like due to budget cuts. It's like, oh, yeah, yep. It's like a school having budget cuts. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> I haven't that. Heard that. I haven't heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> and Angela's like, oh, it's so sad seeing her lunch. It's like, yeah, because they don't pay her. All they she can eat is <laughs> a fucking tuna fish sandwich. Of course, her bra strap's falling out. She can't afford to buy a new one because exactly. they aren't paying her. Yeah, she's got to go to her second job after this, working at the fucking mall. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I did know teachers that had second jobs. Yeah, so. they, I think they all did. I knew a teacher who was a bartender. That must have been fun. Yeah, it was something. <laughs> yeah. Segments is like hero of the show, villain. We could do it with we could do villains. Well, I mean, we have to get it. It's like, is Graham? Graham is the villain. He's, yeah, a, he's a fucking the villain. villain. The ultimate villain. I've convinced you. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was like, God, let the, the, the guy do his thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having it. Yeah, yeah, like, no, no, fuck that guy. He even 
She even says you gotta pick a side. Right. Like, I was like, he I'm does. not choosing Being a adult, side. Pick a side. You choose, you're a fucking adult. You're the parents. I will say I did laugh when he told the youngest daughter to like shut up. That was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like of like just butt out of this. I was gonna say Danielle would have been a villain because she talks way too much, but I've seen every episode of the show, and there's a Danielle episode that is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Mm. I don't I don't remember it, so it's 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 like it's uncanny how good it is. One of the things that struck out for me rewatching it, because I guess I wasn't paying attention to it in 1990, whenever when I watched it or when it brought back on TV, on MTV, was how good the voiceover is. Voiceover is weird because usually you have that, not usually, but sometimes you have it to sort of like speed the dialogue up. When the dialogue is not great, you'll have like throwing some voiceover, just like, oh, maybe this will help the audience. If the audience can't figure it out by actually what's happening on the screen, then I think the show is probably a little lost. Shout out to Claire Dane. She was a one of one to be six years old to be that good at that one thing, which I... I can't get over how young she looks. She looks very young. Like, when... I started it, the episode, and she came on. I was like, holy shit, she looks so young. Because when I watched it, like, I was young, so she looked a lo- she looked older to me. Mm. But, like, watching it now as, like, an adult, it's, like, incredible how, like, young she looks and how it reminds you, like, this is what teenagers look like. They don't Correct. look like the Dylan McKay's, the, the Andrea Zuckerman's. <laughs> they look like children. Yeah, even, even, like, the people who were young on the show, whether it was Shannon Doherty. Shannon Doherty yeah. still looked pretty fucking old. Yeah. No offense to Shannon no, Doherty. No, yo. <laughs> uh, the, the president of the Shannon Doherty fan club over here. I like the fact that she was kind of like bad girl. Like she's mm-hmm. like, she's like, she'll slap a bitch in fucking public. I like that. I was way, way, way in. In fact, whenever they tried to replace it, they replaced her with like another bad girl. Like <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen was like. Yeah, was, yeah. Was, it didn't like, really work out. It was like, didn't really work out because like, no, no, no. Shannon Doherty the original bad girl. That's. Mm-hmm. She's like, I ain't taking no shit from nobody, motherfuckers. Love me some Shannon Doherty. So, but yeah, with that being said, it's like, if you think of all the other high school shows, um, uh, the characters look old. And like on this show, we're watching it. They, Claire Dane's uh, 16 years old, when she, which means she read for the part when she was 15. I am going to give you something that's going to absolutely blow your mind. And I want you to imagine this. So mm-hmm. Claire Danes won this part over Alicia Silverstone. I can't see Alicia Silverstone in this role. Why is Maybe that? it's because I'm like blinded by Clueless, mm-hmm. but I really can't picture her. This is going to sound like probably not great, but Claire Dave's is kind of plain looking. Mm-hmm. She's a plain, you know, she wasn't like a super hot teenager, like a Kelly Kapowski <laughs> kind of teenager. She was just sure. like a plain average teenager. And I think that lends to the show because it's more believable. It could have been a bit yeah. of a distraction. Had I just, it's hard to I mean, picture her in that. Yeah, it's like it's because like you don't want to say not to be like uh, to objectify anybody, but like Claire Danes is is, is just, Alicia Silverstone is really attractive. I mean, she does Crush in '93, mm-hmm. does Clueless to '95, and that's the pocket. You're like you're like you look at her back in those days. You're like, yes, I can see how in the Crush how one would ruin his life with his teenage yeah. girl, and I can see how. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I would definitely edit that. I'm them. just saying it was like. <laughs> No, it was like, yeah. but you get what I'm saying. Like, uh, I think that like Claire Danes looks like an average teenager you would see in your high school. I didn't go to high school with an Alicia Silverstone, you know. Yeah, oh. I mean, I did, but <laughs> I did not. Nobody went to high school with Alicia. But yeah, you get what I'm saying. It would have been a bit of a distraction. Had it, it, it also wouldn't have been no, because it would have been like Jordan Catalano's not again, interested in in, in Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, like, is that the girl from the Aerosmith <laughs> videos? I've got MTV. I was watching it. Yeah, he's like, he's like. 
he's mixing in all the references. It's like, he's like, yo, aren't you the girl? It's like, what are you talking about? I'm on a TV show. I play high school students. Anyway, that was uh, Claire Danes won out the park. Do we know who, who was, crazy. was up for Jordan Catalano outside? <laughs> I, I, in my research, I didn't find that out, but I do, I do want, I want to give you guys, uh, I want to give you and our listeners like the next few years after that. So Claire Danes in 94 does Little Women. 96 does Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Now the skyrockets on her. She's off and running. Uh, Jared Leto does in 95, How to Make an American Quilt. Mm-hmm. 97 does Prefontaine, which is kind of yeah. like a, a major hit. In 2000, he does Wrecking for a Dream, and now he's off and running. So may have been the best decision to not have done season two because these were clearly two people who were who were on another pathway. I mean, Alicia Silverstone does this show that she do. Clues, Clues is one of my favorite movies in the past like 30 years. So Also, Rayanne, the actress who plays Rayanne, is the countess now. Yeah, she was in an episode of Seinfeld. Actually, not that much. Uh, not that much later. So even she was probably. Yeah, yeah. Too old I think she was like twenty. Point, so. Due to the fact that neither one of us have seen this show in quite some time, and I'm kind of piecing together some memories. Like, for example, there's a couple of things in the pilot. I was like, I kind of remember, but I don't remember that. I have one episode that really stands out to me, and that's like the, the Ricky, Ricky episode. Is what I remember, like that's like the episode I remember most. Um, so <laughs> everything else is kind of a blur. It's super like high school. Like I remember the Ricky episode for sure with the teacher who may or may not have been gay. But we're we're gonna, we're gonna get that episode mm-hmm. back. We're gonna when we do that episode, we're gonna do a whole Wilson Cruz like deep dive. Um, uh, the thing that sticks up, the thing that I remember from the the show is uh, Buffalo Tom late in the evening. Uh, which is a song and a band that I liked in the nineties. I still like now. I actually own it. Mm. Uh, Soda Jerk, which is the record that uh, that song is on on cassette. Shout out to me. Yeah. So bringing it back. So like that's the one thing that I, I remember. But so each week when we do an episode, we're gonna give our predictions for next week's episode. Considering that we don't, we only remember like two things. Mm. So before I come up with my prediction, Megan, why don't you give us a prediction for next week's episode? I think next week's episode, there's going to be more conversation between Angela and Jordan Catalano. Because at the end of this episode, it's sort of teeing up a little bit more because he's like, he's like, oh, out on bail because he saw her getting put into a cop car. And then he, she was like, how was your weekend? And he was like, oh, it sucked. But he's just, he does his lean against the, he's against the lockers, his chokers on display. <laughs> Ugh, the necklaces, no, no, no. I can't. He I'm was, into it. I'll give it. Jared Leto's a good looking dude on the show. On the show, he's on the good show, looking. On the show, yes. Now, he looks like a fucking tool. Now, not into it. Yeah, he like, looks embalmed to me. So, no, Madame like, Tussauds, wax, wax museum. Well, I, I told you about the picture I saw when he had like a sleeveless shirt and they like spiky hair. He had a spiky, spiky mohawk. I was like, no. Yeah, <laughs> you I couldn't like, get into is, it. I, dude, dog, you're in your 50s. You need to fucking fill out. 50s is the new 20s, so. All right, so I think my prediction for the following week's episode is like, that was a good note, saying at the end of this episode, it was like, uh, he finally noticed her at, she's getting into, she's getting into a cop girl. I was like, hey, I know her. He's like, Angela! Yeah. Angela! <laughs> you fucking moron. <laughs> um, uh, what I'm hoping for, and it's like my prediction for next week's episode, is I want to see more of Brian Krakow. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> you're the only person if you had if that had been your Brian, true prediction you would have been the only Brian person Krakow's in the history of time to ask for more Brian Krakow <laughs> no I want to see oh. like a continuation of uh, my favorite part of the episode which is which is uh, Sharon and uh, and Angela's relationship is like the, what we're going to find out is like uh, that they I think they're all neighbors too so 
the fact that like they're not they're not kicking it. Mm. Oh right, yeah. Well, I mean, we know Brian's. We know Brian's a neighbor, and we know we know Sharon lives pretty close or is kind of close because she. Yeah. Because she showed up. Because she and, showed up looking for her copy of Anne Frank. No more, no more Anne Frank. Which is like, I don't, there was too much. It was weirdly Angela explaining Anne Frank to the cop yeah, driving yeah. He was, her he home. He seemed riveted too. He was like, whoa, that's. <laughs> yeah, like he had never like, wow. heard of Anne Frank. The one, the one, <laughs> the one person on the show that looks like me, they're going to have us fucking getting <laughs> Anne Frank explained to us. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> God damn it, Hollywood. <laughs> Uh, he's like, oh, I've never heard of the book. And that's like, okay, can we yeah, stop yeah, yeah. talking about Anne Frank? It's like really uncomfortable in this You know what would have been crazy show. if it had been like Roots or something? And she's like explaining Roots. <laughs> there was she's explaining writer. Roots to, yeah. to the black His officer driving Haley. Oh. He's like, oh, I think I've heard show. of this. Please stop talking. <laughs> he would have yeah, placed yeah, yeah. her under arrest then. Called Roots. There's a guy named Toby. <laughs> but his real name uh, was Kuta. Awkward. Have you heard of this show? She pulls out yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. book and like hands it to this. him. And it says like something in Swahili or some shit. And then fucking. That, would have been a totally would've, different the, the, show. I would have like, wow, this is like a total shift. This has been fucking out of control. Expecting <laughs> something else. But now we're here. Well, Megan, I am excited about the journey that we're going on. I keep saying journey, like, because I'm on, I, I'm on uh, The Bachelor. And they, they say things like journey and uh, vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Megan, I'm excited about this journey in which we're going to be vulnerable about the TV show that's called Life. I mean, I'm excited to be talking about something else other than like the Vanderpump Rules drama. Well, we can get so, into that too for, for is... weeks we get picked up by. We get bought by somebody. <laughs> well, I think we did it. I think we did it too. 